Hey guys, welcome to the Expert Edge. Today we're going to be talking all things Facebook ads. Like what are the latest changes? What are the mistakes that people are making? What's the best way to allocate your budget? How do you get started if you are just starting out and don't have a huge budget? Uh, and also, I'm going to be talking with one of my good friends and he's ran our ads for quite some time. His name is Alvaro Berrios. He is a Facebook wizard. Uh, he's a Facebook ads manager. He's a coach within our Self From Stage Elite coaching group. He, he coaches Every month, uh, all of our students on Facebook ad best practice and all of the optimizations and gives feedback and all that sort of stuff. He's just an absolute wizard. And so I really wanted to bring him on to the expert edge to uh, share with you some of his best practices and expertise when it comes to running Facebook ads. So let's get into it. Facebook ads with Alvaro Berrios. Uh-huh. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So Alvaro Berrios, welcome to the Expert Edge, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me here. <laughs> hey, mate. Uh, we've been friends for a while. You've done a lot of magic stuff with our Facebook ads, and that's why I wanted to bring you on to uh, the Expert Edge and just share the latest and greatest ideas for Facebook ads because there has been a lot of changes over the last uh, year, year and a half. And I think that you know, still there is such an amazing opportunity with Facebook ads. It's still from a, from a data, even though data has been challenging this year from a data analytics perspective and, and just targeting and all these sort of elements facebook still is just one of the number one areas if you're an expert or a coach to be able to get return on investment and so i think this is a really cool topic i think it's i want to make it really relevant for what's happening right now and so first of all can you just share with the listeners uh like what your why you love facebook ads (laughs) yeah so it's funny um when i first got started in marketing i actually started off in the google ads world um i was working for a company and i was the google ads guy and I, I liked Google Ads, don't get me wrong, I, I very much enjoyed it, but then they actually ended up firing the guy that was in charge of Facebook ads and put me in charge of that. <laughs> and um, coming over from the Facebook ads, sorry, the Google Ads world into the Facebook ads world, um, it just kind of like really opened my eyes because with Google Ads, again, I'm not, and I'm not trying to smash on Google Ads and anyway, she performs yeah. a very powerful platform, very useful platform for a lot of businesses. But at the end of the day, there's very little room for creativity because, right, you're giving this text ad that shows up on a search engine and it's like 30 characters long. And so really it's just like um, kind of just like a data dashboard that you're staring at in Google ads all day. There's very little room for creativity. Whereas with Facebook, it's best of both worlds. Also, there's a lot of data available to you uh, to analyze inside of Facebook ads. But there's also so much room for creativity given, you know, the targeting options and also the creative options, the copy options, the placement options, Um, you know, because when we say Facebook ads, obviously people gravitate towards, you know, ads showing up on Facebook. But at this point in time, there's probably, I don't know, like over 20 different placements that actually exist within the Facebook ads 
realm. So there's just so much room. And for Instagram, I guess in- Instagram sits in Facebook. Correct. Well. Instagram. And then even, you know, the, the sub placements within there, right. Instagram stories, Instagram reels, and then there's also WhatsApp as well. And so, yeah. um, you know, the, the, I guess we can call it the Facebook ads universe is just very broad and expansive. And again, there's just a lot of room for creativity there. Um, yeah. so that's why, that's why I really like it. Love it. So, uh, give us like top line, not too much detail, but just top line. What are some of the biggest like changes that have happened with Facebook over the last six to 12 months? Yeah. I mean, so easily right off the top, it's, you know, iOS 14.5 without a doubt, you know, that, that (laughs) changed a lot of things for everyone. Um, And I'm sure most of your listeners are aware of what that is, but just as a super, super quick recap, um, you know, iOS 14.5 users, they're able to opt out and not be tracked by Facebook, which means they can still see your ads, they can still click on them, they can still convert on them. You just don't see that data inside of Facebook. And the reason that's a problem from an optimization and um, analysis standpoint is that, you know, if you're looking at your conversion data and, you know, you see that you have 10 conversions, it's very possible you might have 15 or 20, you know, who knows, right? And so, uh, unfortunately that gives the algorithm less to optimize off of. And, you know, the problem with that is that the algorithm thrives off of data. The more data you give the algorithm, the better it's going to perform. But with that drop off of users, it's just not as powerful, um, as it used to be. And so that for sure has been, you know, the biggest, the biggest change of the last 12 months. And it changes the way that you, first of all, first and foremost, have to analyze your ads. And it also changes the way you just look at your campaigns uh, as a whole, because, you know, before you could kind of get away with being successful by only making changes on the Facebook side of things. But now in order, you, you have to, I always tell people, you have to milk every last drop out of all the clicks that you're getting. Um, so you need to look at, you know, your, your emails, what are you doing there? How can you get more um, sales from, from your, for your emails? What happens after the click, the, the opt-in page, the sales page, how can you increase the conversion rates on those? So it's, it's forced everyone, which, you know, to a certain degree is, is a good thing, but, you know, nevertheless still frustrating, but it's for, it's forcing everyone to be better marketers and look at your entire funnel much more holistically, as opposed to just looking at the Facebook ad side of things. Mm. So let's talk more about this. So we've had, you know, iOS 14 in one click of a button, basically you disappear off the off the off the world of being able to be tracked on Facebook to a certain degree, and um, what's some of the what would be one of the easiest fixes for for that? I know it may not fix everything about it, but what's kind of the first go to fix that you look at with that? Yeah, so the first go to quote unquote fix would be setting up the Facebook conversions API. So if if, if you're not familiar with that, is basically an API. It just allows whatever CRM you're using, you know, be it uh, ConvertKit, ActiveCampaign, whatever it might be, it allows that to feed data back into um, Facebook. Whereas before, you know, they were completely in- independent, your CRM was living over here and then Facebook was living somewhere else and they wouldn't communicate with one another. But setting up the Facebook conversions API, uh, it allows your CRM to feed data back into Facebook. So you get some of those conversions back. So the, the thing I want to make very clear about that, if someone's opted out, they're opted out there. There's nothing you can do to make that data show up inside of Facebook. What the Facebook conversions API does is that it's for people who are using, for example, um, data blockers, right? So if they have like some sort of ad blocker installed on their browser or on their phone, 
they actually already weren't showing up inside of your Facebook ads data. And this is pre iOS 14.5. But with the Facebook conversions API, those types of users that previously you couldn't see, you know, they, they end up showing up on your, on your Facebook ads um, dashboard um, after you set up the API. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And in, and in terms of how you set up the API, I mean, it's different from platform to platform. Thankfully at this point, most platforms, you know, Kajabi, ClickFunnels, uh, whatever it might be, they have a pretty e easy integration where you more or less just click a button and, and you know, it's set up. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there are some other ones probably, you know, with, um, you know, more home home built, custom built platforms that people might be using. You have, probably have to go through a little bit more of a process, but at this point, it's, it's pretty easy for people to set up the API. Yeah, right. And, uh, and what's kind of like the next level that you're looking like from a, because one of the things I just recently wrote an email about three big trends that I think are going to be happening in the, in the, um, uh, in the expert world in the coaching world. And one of, one of them was running paid launches. So like people have to pay to participate mm -hmm. in the launch mm -hmm. to make back money. Mm -hmm. um, and, but another one was uh, external data analysis external from Facebook. So yeah. like using mm -hmm. platforms like Hyros or some other or Google analytics, et cetera. So talk to me about like what, if people want to get more serious about their data, um, data, uh, what? <laughs> I was say, what's this data you're talking data. about? <laughs> <They're> data. <laughs> what, where, where do you think they should, where do you think they should start with that? Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, so in 2022, everyone has to become data obsessed, you know? So kind of going back to what I was originally saying, looking at your funnel more holistically, it, you know, I was more talking about, you know, optimizing different parts of the funnel, but also analyzing, right? Before you could all really only look at your Facebook ads and you'd get a pretty accurate- It was so easy, wasn't on. it? Yeah, yeah. But that's just not the case anymore. Uh, yeah. So you do have to become very data obsessed in 2022, either you or someone on your team, but some, someone's got to do it. And I would definitely recommend starting off with Google Analytics. Um, while yeah. tools like Hyros and Wicked Reports, they can be very powerful, they are extremely expensive. I, I will yeah. say that. Uh, and so yeah. they're just simply out of reach for, for a lot of entrepreneurs out there. So Google Analytics, uh, you know, it's, it's that tool that, you know, most people install on their website the very first time they set it up and then they Make never sure. log back in. So it's time to dust off your, your Google Analytics login information, go find that and, and dive back in there. It's like, how do I log in? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and so, but what does that mean? What does that mean from a Google Analytics? Because when you talk about UTMs and stuff like that. Um, so talk us through, like, obviously there's a technical element to mm -hmm. it. But how does Google Analytics connect with Facebook and get you cleaner data? Yeah, it's a great question. So Google Analytics, the, the thing I want to make very clear, it actually can do everything that those other platforms do, High Ross with reports. The big difference is that High Ross and Wicked Reports, they, they work out of the box, right? So you, you pay this very big fee and then you pretty much don't have to do anything. And you know, it's just like all automated for you. Google Analytics is not like that. You, you certainly do have to essentially quote unquote massage it a little bit and put some time and effort up front in order to get clean data um, showing up inside of Google Analytics. Because if you just don't do anything to Google Analytics, yes, while it's still going to collect data, you're gonna uh, essentially you give Google their own way of interpreting the data and showing the data. And it's just gonna look very messy and disorganized and it's not going to be very useful and actionable. So step number one is just, as you said, start adding UTM parameters to all of your Facebook ads. So if you're not familiar with what a UTM parameter is, 
It's essentially uh, a block of text that you add on to the end of your link. And that block of text essentially gives Google Analytics directions on how to display the data within Google Analytics. That way you have full control of how it appears inside of Google Analytics as opposed to just giving up that control to Google um, itself. And then the next thing after that is to certainly set up all of your conversion events inside of Google Analytics. So just because you have your conversion event set up inside of Facebook, it doesn't mean that Google Analytics also knows what your conversion event is. You have to tell it, okay, this right here, when people make it to this thank you page or confirmation page, that means they opted in or they purchased or whatever it might be. So you have to tell it that. So once you have those two things set up, your, your conversion events inside of Google Analytics and then your UTM parameters inside of Facebook, I mean, that is going to be the large majority of the legwork you have to do inside of Google Analytics. Yes, there are other things you can do to make it better, quote unquote. But um, I mean, that's going to get you probably 70% of the results right there alone. Yeah, that's great. So let's let's change angles here and talk about like just from a marketing perspective, what are you noticing in terms of marketing strategy on Facebook ads in the coaching industry and so forth? What are you noticing is getting getting more traction than you know now that you know well yeah just what's working now from a traction perspective? Yeah, so a couple of things I would say, and you actually already touched upon it. I I do see a lot of people out there doing the the paid launch, and so as opposed to having like a free webinar or a free five day challenge, right? It's actually a, a paid webinar and a, a paid five day challenge. So the reason that can be effective is because you're essentially uh, just automatically increasing the quality of people who are entering your launch. Because no matter right how good your ad copy is, how good your emails are afterwards, right? You're you're always going to have the the tire kickers entering your free launches, right? There's just nothing you yeah. can do about that. Um, but obviously, if you get people to pay to be a part of your launch you know, that's just a signal that they're, they're, they're serious, right? They're very serious about investing themselves, their business, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and so then you can get, you know, more potentially, I should say, I don't, I don't know speaking guarantees, but you can potentially get, um, you know, better sales afterwards. So that certainly I do see working a lot. The other thing that um, I see working extremely well uh, just from an um, ad standpoint is our uh, reels. Um, you, if you're use, doing video ads and you're not throwing in those reels as the, as the video ads, I certainly recommend doing so. And, you know, there's, you know, Facebook doesn't tell you why something works, but my, my hypothesis as to why the reels work is they're, they're funny, right? They're, 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 they're fun, fun to watch. They're playful, um, but also educational at the same time. And that's always been a, a challenging uh, thing to achieve being funny and educational at the same time. Usually, you know, you, you're either only funny, you're either only educational and, and people kind of tune you out, but the reels make it very simple to teach someone something in a very sarcastic manner. And I think also with, with just kind of like a lot of the negativity that a lot of people see on Facebook, that kind of just positive, funny type of educational content really stands out. And so people gravitate towards that type of creative. Yeah, so I know for us, one of the last campaigns we ran, uh, it kind of had a funny angle to it, which was, which was essentially what your brain says when you're about to go on a webinar and yeah. about to pitch your product, and and you know your brain's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you're not good enough to do this, and maybe you, is your course really good enough to sell, and like all that sort of stuff, and and we got really positive feedback from that like on the ad so mm -hmm. i definitely agree can someone just take literally like a video 
and make that a real ad. Yeah, totally. So, so obviously they don't have to shoot it in reels. No, they don't. So you, you can just mimic what a reel looks like, right? So yeah, obviously, obviously you can use the reels app and just download the actual video from there, but you can just, you know, shoot different clips you're on, on yourself. And then if you have a video editor, or if you know how to edit yourself, right, they just smash it all together. They add the text overlays that your standard reel has, and then, and then you're off to the races that, I, that actually, I would say is probably the the better way because you do have a little bit more freedom and flexibility in terms of how you set up the reel and how long you make it and stuff like that um so so using the app itself that's the easy way to get started but i do think you know once you're comfortable creating those reels it probably is better just to film them yourself splice them all together and then launch them that way Mm. when you're doing a reel ad what are some of the the parameters around that like how long are they allowed to be obviously they're shot in a portrait format Mm -hmm. but what are some of the other parameters around that well, if you're using um, the actual app itself, you, you are going to be lit- limited in terms of how long the reel can be. Um, I, I believe it's 15 seconds. Like yeah, the I think templates, it's 15 seconds. Yeah, the yeah. templates that um, Instagram actually provides you with. Um, so that is actually another benefit of doing the reels on your own. Um, because, I mean, if you want to make it 30 minutes, 45, uh, sorry, 30 minutes, not 30 seconds. I mean, I guess you could do a 30 minute reel. That would be intent though. Uh, but 30 seconds, 45 seconds, 60 seconds, right. You're obviously able to do that on your own. Um, if you film it, um, separately. So that's just another benefit of, uh, you know, filming it outside of the app itself. Right. So if you load it up as a reel in the ads manager, um, even if it's 60 seconds, it can run as a 60 second reel ad. Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really interesting. I, that's, um, so it's not, that. but the, the one, the one thing I, I want to make clear though, is that, so I, I imagine you're talking about the reels ad placements. Is, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So it'll, it'll still show up on there, but it's not going to show the full 60 seconds. It'll show yeah, like that's what I feel. And then it, there's like a, the button that says you want to see the whole thing. And then they, you click, they click on that and then they watch the right. 45 seconds. Right. Nice. Let's talk about um, budget allocation. So what I mean by budget allocation, for those of people who are unfamiliar with it, which, which is like, how much money should we be spending on just videos just to warm up our audience? How much money should we be spending on our opt-ins, like the actual opt-in directly to the webinar or to the mm-hmm. challenge or whatever it is? And then how much money should we be spending on the follow-up um, in the follow-up sequence and the buy now sequence and the show up and all that sort of stuff. Like what's your philosophy and what are you noticing in terms of is working with your clients um, with allocating budget with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a good question because I see people get tripped up on this all, all the time. <laughs> and when I see their actual budget allocation, it's, it's quite a disaster. <laughs> so the vast majority of your budget, and I'm saying, you know, probably in the 70% range should be committed to your conversion campaigns. So whether that's a conversion to a free opt-in or uh, a paid, um, you know, launch or anything like that, you know, I, I would say 60 to 70% of your budget needs to be going to your conversion campaigns. And the reason for that is because conversion campaigns are the most expensive, right? If you look at your CPMs, which is the, your cost of actually running ads, your CPMs for a conversion objective are going to be infinitely higher than they would be for, let's say, the video views objective or the traffic objective or anything like that. So they're just more expensive, um, you know, and so that's why you have to dedicate the most of your budget right there. Then for, you know, top of the funnel warming up, um, I would say anywhere from 10 to 20% would be a good allocation to that budget. And um, probably because of 
iOS 14.5 and those changes there, you know, having that built-in warm audience is, I mean, it's always been important, but I would say it's actually more important now than it has been before. So I would actually probably increase it, you know, closer to that 20% range that I mentioned, as opposed to closer to the 10% range. So just to press pause here for people. So you're saying like 20% of their budget. So let's say they're spending Mm $10,000. So two grand of their budget could be spent now just on videos and some some PDF opt-ins and just building a custom audience so that they can retarget that for their conversion campaign into the webinar? Totally, yeah. And the great thing is, is that when, when you're using those types of object, objectives like engagement or video views, it's super cheap. Um, not only are the CPMs way, way low, but your cost per result is going to be extremely low. I mean, it's very easy to get engagements for a penny or sometimes even less than a penny right so actually currently right now i have a couple of different clients that are running video ads and you know where they're getting engagements for 0.0004 of a penny which which is obviously uh great to see so even with a, a smaller budget quote unquote um allocated to that top of the funnel portion you're still going to get in front of so many more people so it's, it's a great strategy what does an engagement mean so, and in, yeah, it's, it's kind of a very broad term. So <laughs> it, it literally just means they engage with your ad in any way, shape or form. So that can be a couple different things. They can watch the video or they can click on the see more button to read the rest of your ad copy. That means yeah. they're engaging with the copy itself. They can yeah. click the like button. They can click the share button. They can comment. So basically like literally anything someone can actually do with an ad counts as an engagement. Right. Now that's cool. I was just, yeah. I was curious. Cool. So we talked about the warm up and then the conversion. Then what about like the follow up piece? Yeah, that that's where I actually usually see the the most mistakes is in the retargeting. Mm. I see so many people do one of two things actually. Either they don't do retargeting, which which yeah. is, <laughs> is pretty surprising, or if they do, the amount of money they allocate to retargeting is just astronomical. Like it's just not necessary at all because you have to remember that when you're retargeting, right, you're depending on what your uh, budget was for your conversion campaigns, you're either retargeting a couple hundred people or a couple thousand people, which in the, you know, Facebook world, that's nothing, right? You usually Mm. are targeting millions of people. So you don't need a whole lot of budget for your retargeting. Um, You know, so if you have a launch and you have like a five day card open and there's 500 people in your launch, I mean, honestly, you can get away with, you know, 10 to $20 a day for, for that retargeting period. And you're wow. going to easily get in front of all 500 people. So that's the, the, the thing I, I always want to make clear is that don't over, first of all, do retargeting and then just don't yeah. overspend. It's not necessary to spend, you know, thousands of dollars on, on your retargeting ads. If someone was just starting out and they had like a really limited budget, they wanted to test some Facebook ads. Um, would you say that like, let's say they were just doing an organic launch spending money on the retargeting at the end. Would you say that that's like one of the best money they would, they could spend, or would you recommend it spending it somewhere else? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And I'm actually glad you're bringing that up because you mentioned, you know, organic launch in terms uh, for, for this specific scenario. And you know, when it comes to Facebook ads, I do see a lot of people just quickly jump into a launch where they're bringing people into a webinar or whatever it might be. And um, they've never tested the product or their webinar and like that. All of that is just a terrible idea. In my mind, I think doing the organic launch route is always 
um, the best way to start off. You're right. You want, yeah. you want to validate your launch. You want to validate your offer that this is actually something that people actually want to purchase. Right. And um, if you do it with Facebook ads up front, um, right, you might be in for a very harsh financial lesson, right? Um, so, so it is very smart to do a, um, uh, a, an organic launch. And yeah, in that scenario, right, because, because of the fact that you um, didn't run any ads up front for this organic launch, you can still do retargeting ads. And so essentially your ad budget for this scenario, 100% of it would be going towards retargeting. Um, but uh, the, the only thing I need to make clear though too is that when it comes to retargeting, you do need a minimum audience size in order to, for the ads to even fire. So if there's 50 mm -hmm. people in your launch, you're not going to be able to run retargeting ads. The, the uh, pixel just won't allow it. What is it? Um, what is the? Well, yeah. Facebook tells you it's a thousand people in any given oh. night. That's not true though. Um, I, I've gotten retargeting ads to fire for, for far less than a thousand. Um, but whenever an audience size is less than a thousand, Facebook never gives you the actual audience size when, when the pixel starts firing. But I always say, like at least for me in my experience and working with clients, if you're like at 200, 250 people in any given audience, that's when you can start you know, using retargeting ads. It'll actually fire. Okay. Now that's, that's really, um, that's a good, good thing to be aware of. Uh, yeah. So you talk about like, we, yeah, I definitely think there should be like a validation process. One of the things that we teach in self and stage Academy is the whole, like the beta, the beta offer, right? So is, and you're doing an organic launch or you're posting organically, you're getting organic leads and, and doing all that sort of follow up. I know for me, when I first started with Facebook ads, uh, I think I spent like six grand um, on a promotion and I made $6,000 on the webinar. And so, so I like broke even. Is that kind of, is that kind of normal uh, when people are starting out in terms of, you know, that they actually almost don't make money the first time around or what's kind of, what are you noticing? Yeah, a hundred percent for sure. What do you so, tell people just to kind of frame <laughs> their thinking with this stuff? Yeah. Th this is, this is one of my favorite questions because there's <laughs> this like false mythology around Facebook ads where, you know, you start running them and just like, you know, money starts falling from the sky, you know, and it's like, it's like an ATM machine almost. Um, yes, that can happen. Uh, but mm -hmm. I always tell people those are unicorn events, right? Those are, you know, one in a thousand, probably even one in, you know, 500,000 where it's the first time you ever run ads, you make a bunch of money, right? Um, for the vast majority of advertisers, 99%, I, I, they need to expect to probably actually lose money. So you, in your case, you, right, you broke even, which is, which mm. is great. Um, but really for most people, they really should go into it um, with the expectation that they're going to lose money, right? Because there's so many things that you have to figure out. You have to figure out which targeting options work best for you. You have to figure out what messaging works best for you. You have to figure out what launch style works best for you. Um, you have to figure out, all, you know, other parts of your funnel as well, like your email sequences and stuff like that. So there's so many moving parts that it's very, very challenging to be profitable in that very first launch. Mm -hmm. So as long as people go within the mindset that, you know, it's an investment that um, it's more of like a buy and hold strategy for, you know, to kind of bring in a, a real estate analogy, right? It's, it's not, it's not a, a buy and flip, um, you know, it's a buy and hold. You're making an investment in terms of understanding data, understanding your audience, understanding your offer probably better than you ever have before. And then after making some refinements, then you can start having some successful launches. Yeah, totally. When I first started out, I remember I, I ran my ads myself. So I learned how to run Facebook ads, like how to set it all up. And I was, I mean, I wasn't running campaigns to like a, like full blown 
um, you know, card open periods and so forth. But it was like, even just understanding how to do video ads, how to do um, opt-in ads. Uh, I remember this is when I was in Australia, I was getting, it was a dollar 90 Australian per opt-in. And I was like, that's pretty expensive. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, and this is, and I think I set up two ads to test. Uh, (laughs) Like that's that's based on two ads, Um, you know? And so it was hilarious. But um, one thing that's been great is, is actually like being out, just having some, basic knowledge and some experience in Facebook ads um, before I ever started working with a Facebook ads manager like yourself. Um, Would you recommend that for people? Like, especially if they're just kind of getting started to get familiar with Facebook, like, especially if they, you know, they're they're strapped for their budget and they're like, Oh, you know, this is a bigger investment to get a Facebook ads manager. Yeah, 100%. So you're, you're, you're asking all the right questions today, Colin. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, this is, Probably the biggest mistake I see most advertisers do, and that's outsourcing their Facebook ads too soon. So, and, it, and, it's, and it's hard because obviously as entrepreneurs, right, we're kind of taught like, okay, you know, outsource what, what your expertise isn't and that way you yeah. only focus on what, what you're best at, which is true for, you know, the vast majority of things, right? Like I don't do my own bookkeeping or accounting, right? I yeah. totally outsource all that. Um, but it's, a, it's just different with Facebook ads for a couple of reasons. One is because going back to our previous conversation, unless you have a proven offer, there's nothing for you to outsource. Meaning, right, if you come to me with a course you literally just completed, no one's ever purchased it, uh, and you come to me to ask me to run your Facebook ads, I can get, you know, potentially, you know, thousands of people into your launch. That doesn't mean anyone's going to buy, right? Because I can't Mm -hmm. force someone to buy something they don't want. Um, So that upfront validation period um, before you actually outsource to a Facebook ads manager is super important, right? Uh, we're not we're not wizards that can just like force people to you know purchase a product. So that's that's number one. And then number two is that once you do get to that point of outsourcing your Facebook ads after you've validated your offer, is that if you when you teach yourself, you're gonna have a much better relationship with your ads manager moving yeah. forward because it has happened to me in the past, right? I'll, I've refined my my agency where I don't allow this situation to happen, but it has happened where, right, I'm talking to someone, I'm throwing out ideas, and it's like I'm speaking a foreign language to them. They have no idea what I'm saying. And so that collaboration between me and the client just isn't there, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, with you, right, you know how to run Facebook ads, you know about the objectives, you know the different types of creative, all kind of stuff. And so we can have really good discussions on, okay, cool, what is the best approach for this upcoming launch? And we can just outline all that together. Um, it's just a much more collaborative and fruitful relationship. And also the, the the bonus is that, you know, unfortunately the reality is, is that there's a lot of bad actors out there, meaning, you know, a, you know agencies yeah. and ad managers that will just take advantage um, of you. And so if you outsource too soon, I mean, you're giving them the, a credit card to your business and they can, they can really screw you over, right? Um, whereas if you've learned Facebook ads yourself, you can weed out the good ad, ad managers from the bad by asking them the right questions in your, your initial discovery call. And um, yeah, it's just a kind of this trickle down effect where everything is just better um, when you teach Facebook ads yourself first. Yeah, I totally recommend that. And it may not be you run your entire launch or a massive launch with it or anything like that, but just getting that familiarity. I know for me, when I first started, I think I hired, I actually hired a Facebook ads manager to teach me one-on-one how to do it. It was a thousand dollars an hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> to do it. Like, yeah, totally. And that was like, that was like a discounted rate. Wow. Um, and then I bought a course. It was like $500 
to like learn how to do do it all and 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 stuff like that it was just really powerful for me and i know that i know that you alvaro have got a kind of get started on facebook ads course which we will link up um and it's like a really reasonable price at the moment it was at 97 dollars. yeah 97 dollars. and i put that together for this very reason because like I understand. I mean, people tell me, you know, how much they dread learning Facebook ads themselves. Right? Uh, one one person, the funniest quote I've ever heard of someone, you know, with regards to their um, lack of desire to run Facebook ads is, is that he said to me once, this this one guy, he's like, every time I look inside of the Facebook ads manager, my eyes start to bleed. <laughs> it's just like he just like hated it so much. Uh, and I get it, right? You know, Facebook ads is just not for everyone. But at the end of the day, it is important to learn it yourself. At least give you that foundational experience. Yeah. Um, because of all the reasons that we spoke about. So yeah, I, I do have that um, $97 uh, jumpstart course that I talk about. Yeah. It's not going to make you a Facebook ads wizard in any way, shape or form, but it is going to give you that foundational knowledge to launch your first campaign yourself, learn the basics so that you can eventually outsource. Yeah, I think it's I think it's crucial to at least like learn the fundamentals and learn the basics. So we'll hook that up. If anyone wants to grab it, you can just go to colinboyd.co forward slash Alvaro, which is A-L-V-A-R-O, Alvaro. Um, Alvaro, I haven't met many Alvaros. Alvaro. I've never met another one myself. I'm the only <laughs> one that I've actually ever known. <laughs> you are a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Funny, funny enough. I mean, this is a total side story. I was at a wedding once and someone told me, Hey, I just met someone across the room also named Alvaro. And I was like, I don't want to meet him because I've never met another one. And in my world, I'm Alvaro and no one else is. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. We don't, we don't need any more. We, yeah. we, got the, we got the best one already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Mate, it's been a pleasure having you on the expert edge. Uh, what's a final encouragement you would give anyone with maybe their, you know, they're, they're really excited about Facebook ads and, and um, the possibilities of it. Like, what, what would you just tell them to kind of kick them over the edge to get started? <laughs> yeah, you know what, what, what I tell them is that, you know, as we were discussing, you know, Facebook ads are getting more challenging. There's, there's no way around that. And so that is discouraging a lot of people. So while there are certain hurdles to overcome right now to be successful at Facebook ads, um, I always tell people, think of what your competitors are doing, right? So they're 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 going to sit on the sidelines, you know, they're going to maybe take a backseat and, and and not put in the correct effort in order to find success with Facebook ads. So so while it may not be exciting to put in the type of work you have to um, put into to find success these days, um, when you do it, you're in a very rare class, so to speak, of entrepreneurs that are setting themselves up for success. So just think of it that way. Um, that when you put in the time, you're already ahead of way ahead of your competition. So uh, you'll, you'll be in good, uh, good company. I love that. So true. It definitely sifts. It brings the cream up to the top. Um, (laughs) it it really does. So for those of you who found this helpful, please leave a review on the expert edge. That would be amazing. Uh, and also take a screenshot of this and share it in your stories on Instagram. You can tag, uh, you can tag Alvaro, uh, or myself, uh, Alvaro, what's your tag again? It's I'm Alvaro Berrios. I am. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I am. I am, uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm yeah. Alvaro Berrios. Yeah. Uh, so good. And, we, and I'm just Colin Boyd. So guys, I hope it's been a pleasure. We'll hook that uh, course up at colinboyd.co forward slash Alvaro. And uh, thanks for being on here, buddy. Of course. Thanks for having me. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? 
Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step -step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.